All right, all right, all right. Hey, here's the thing. Man, as that intro video played, I was looking at some of y'all, and I saw a portion of some of y'all. Y'all were thinking, oh, man, Matt's out of town, and Justin's going to try to preach the same sermon again. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Different message, same series. But, man, I looked over here, and I saw some of y'all kind of thinking like, Man, this is the longest series ever. All right, hold on. Let me clarify again. Okay, I know it's been like four years, okay? But this is only message number four, okay? This isn't anything like how we just walked through the book of Ephesians and Matt preached 27 different sermons. Not that I was counting or anything like that. But, but so it's not the same thing, okay? And then there was some of y'all over here, y'all were thinking like, man, did I just hear a dog bark and... Yes, yes you did, all right? Yes you did. But, but like the video said, man, I just want to give you a quick reminder of where we've been because it's been a while. It's been years, all right? And so we've been kind of taking this long walk through the gospel of Mark, and we've looked at a couple of really amazing, almost unbelievable stories. And uh, just to kind of reference, because we covered the paralyzed man, we spoke on the blind man, and we also talked about the sick woman. In all three of these scenarios, each of these people had a real physical need. I mean, like, it was big time. You know, one that was outwardly and obvious to everyone around them. But here's the thing. In each one of those stories, they also had a spiritual need as well. And Jesus not only healed the physical ailment. You know the stories, right? Like he made the lame man walk, and he allowed the blind man to see, and many stopped the uncontrollable bleeding. But, but here's the thing. He also changed their heart as well. And that right there is the even greater need that was represented in those stories. So today, man, we are going to be in Mark chapter 1. So flip, turn, scroll, or tap your way to Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. As you get there, man, I want to pray for us. And if you get there real fast, then that's good for you. Then you can join in prayer too. We're going to pray for three simple things, but very valuable things. Let's pray that God would speak to us today. That's the first thing. The second thing, let's ask the Spirit to allow us to hear the truth, okay? And then the third thing, let's ask that our lives would be changed forever, because that's what the truth does, all right? Man, it will, it'll, it'll set you free. It'll change your life forever. Let's pray those three things. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this worship service today. Man, thank you so much for, man, the hands that have already been shaken and the words that we've already sung, the scripture that has already been proclaimed. And God, I pray that today you would speak loud and clear to us. God, I know that I'm hard of hearing. God, I know I have selective hearing, my wife says. And and, and God, please speak to us in a way that we can hear your message. God, that's the second thing. Holy Spirit, let us hear your truth as it is proclaimed. God, please don't let us get distracted. Don't let us, like, lose focus. Don't let us put our focus on what shouldn't be focused on. But God, please let us hear your truth. And then third of all, God, we pray that that truth would change us 
forever. God, we pray that that truth would change us immediately. God, we pray that how we interact with our spouse or our family or our siblings, God, we pray that that would be changed. God, how we go into the attitude to to the workforce or, God, how we show up on the first week of school, God, we pray that all that would be changed. God, we pray that we would be able to live that changed life. God, we ask those three things, and we only ask them in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. All right. So if you're there, go ahead and look at Mark chapter 1. If you're not there, hurry up, all right, because we pray for a long time, all right? And and so we're going to be in verses 21 through 28, and please follow along because, man, I kind of stutter, all right? So we're going to start in verse 21. It says, And they went into Capernaum. Man, immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. And immediately... There was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? May he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. All right, that's where we're going to be today. And here's what I want to tell you. Man, uh, I have these conversations a lot, probably because I work at a church, but, but you probably have one of these conversations as well, maybe with somebody who's looking for a church, or, or maybe you've had these conversations, you know, while you were looking for a church. But one of the common questions among people who are searching for a church is this right here. What does your church have to offer my family? You know, I was at a birthday party just the other day, sitting around, you know, some lawn chairs, and a friend of mine said, hey, man, if I came to your church, man, where, where would I go? Like, where would I fit in? What types of ministries do you have, you know? And, and here's the thing. Obviously, they're referring to, like, the programs and the ministries offered by our church, and I get that. As a parent, man, I want to know, you know, like, what is there for me and my wife? What is there for my children? And what is there for other people? And, and, and so I get that, and, like, it's a fair question, and I totally hear where they're coming from. But here's the thing. Here's a question that I don't hardly ever hear, and I think it's way more important, and it's this right here. Not not what types of things do you have at your church, but how is the Spirit and the life of Jesus manifested in your church body? Man, I might fall out of the chair if somebody asked me that, all right? Because that doesn't ever get asked, all right? And that is so important. Like, let me rephrase it, all right? How is God at work in the life of your church, all right? How is he working, right? How is he working not like within the walls of the church building, but within the hearts of those who make up the church body? Man, that's an that's a unbelievable question. 
And I think it's so important. And I think, man, no matter if you're searching for a church or if you're working at a church, because we fall into this trap too, it's so easy to get caught up in the programs and the ministries and forget about why we have those things. It's so easy to get caught up in all those things and actually forget about Christ. Man, it's easy. And we do that. And, and, and that's kind of sad. Man, there is a saying that I love, and it's simple, and it says this, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. Have you ever heard that? Man, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And, and like when it comes to church, Jesus Christ is the main thing. Can I get an amen? Are y'all around? All right? Man, Jesus Christ is the main thing. He must be the center of our focus as a church body. And here's the thing. I want y'all to get involved in the church service today, all right, partly so you don't fall asleep, all right? Uh, Nothing hard, no pop quizzes, no Bible drills, all right? This is going to be real easy like T-ball, all right? Like, I'm going to say a phrase, and the phrase is going to say, when Jesus shows up, and that's like me just taking the ball and putting it on the tee, all right? And then you, not little league T-ball person, but you a grown folk, you're going to step up there and, and basically you're just going to read what's on the screen together, all right? And that'll be like you playing T-ball like 30 years later and like crushing a home run, all right? So here's the thing. Are y'all ready? Let's practice because everybody needs practice and practice makes perfect and perfect practice makes perfect. So here we go. Y'all ready? This is my part. Here we go. When Jesus shows up, and then this will be y'all's part. Hello. All right. Y'all scared me for a little bit. I was like, hold on now. Like, okay, I heard you. All right. And so, man, we talked about that four years ago. All right. When, when Jesus shows up, people show up. Here, here we go again. Here we go again. Y'all ready? When Jesus shows up. Oh, no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're still practicing, but see, I changed the content a little bit, so you got to read. Got to read. All right. All right. Back it up, Ellie. Let's try that again. All right. When Jesus shows up. Hello. All right. Third time's a charm. Here we go. When Jesus shows up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Oh, my man. Who put that in there? Okay. I mean, that is true. That was unbelievable. All right. But hey, Ellie, that's funny. All right. But that's, that's not the time for that. All right. Let's try this again. All right. When Jesus shows up, what we got? Power shows up. All right. So y'all going to have to remember that. All right. Because man, when it comes to your time, I'm going to cue you up. I'm going to change the little phraseology a little bit. But all you have to do is basically read what's on the screen. So here's the thing. Like it says, man, we're talking about Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. And in today's text, we find Jesus, all right, and he's walking into a synagogue, okay, basically in this small fishing village on the north shore of Galilee. And here's the thing. Man, this basically became Christ's base of operation in his early ministry, all right? And, and like it says in the text, man, it was the Sabbath day, all right? So therefore, it was the day of worship among Jews, and they were all gathered there in the synagogue to pray and also study the Torah. And so as a visiting rabbi, Jesus began to teach, all right? And so, man, people were astonished at his teaching. Did y'all catch that earlier when we read the text? It says, they were amazed at the content of his message as well as the way that he delivered his message. In fact, like in verse 22, it says this, he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes, or maybe your translation says, or the other teachers of the law. Man, while teaching them, check it out, Jesus 
encountered a man with an unclean spirit, all right, and, and, and cast that demon right out of him. And so I want y'all to kind of like check out like how they responded when this happened, okay? So according to verse 27, the people that saw this take place, it says right here in verse 27, they were all amazed, like so amazed that they questioned among each other, like, man, did you see that? Yeah, did you see that? Man, did you see that? And then listen to this. It says they were asking, what is this? A new teaching with authority? Man, he commands even unclean spirits, and they obey him. So here's the thing. From this brief account, man, we gain perspective on the impact of the presence of Jesus Christ, all right? And and what type of impact was felt on people whenever they saw Jesus Christ kind of come on the scene. And it's true, okay, that the synagogue and uh, the worshipers of that time, man, it's not to be equated with the church body of today. I get that. But by way of application, I think it's fair to say that lives will be touched in the church today when Jesus shows up. Do y'all agree with that? Man, when Christ is present, lives are changed. Do y'all agree with that? And, okay, so here's the thing. Look, we're going to start this, and I'm going to remind you, like, here comes my part, all right? And, and I'm going to say, because when Jesus shows up, people are, and then y'all going to say y'all's part, all right? So here's the Man, when Jesus shows up, people are? Hello, y'all can preach it. Man, when Jesus shows up, People are amazed at his words. We just saw that in verse 21 and verse 22. Check that out with me, and I'm going to read it. It says, and they went into Capernaum. It says, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. Man, they were amazed. When Jesus shows up, people are amazed at his word. Now, typically, the synagogue did not have like a set teacher, okay? This custom is referred to as the freedom of the synagogue. And basically what that meant was, man, people who had learned the Scriptures were allowed to to give insight on the Scripture that was being read that day, all right? And so that very fact uh, that learned guests were able to come and were invited to speak on the Scripture reading for that day allowed Jesus the opportunity to basically teach that day. And so that's kind of the context of what's happening. And we're not told what Jesus was teaching, all right? We don't know if it had three points. We don't know if it had a poem in it. We don't know if it had a spoken word. We, we don't know the context of what he was teaching, all right? But we are told the effect of the teaching and what that effect had on his audience. They were astonished. They were amazed. They had never heard anyone teach quite like this before. Church family, we must understand that the preaching and teaching of the Word are essential to the life and the vitality of the church. We have to understand that, church family. After all, I mean, we know that, like the Word of God, it corrects, it admonishes, it encourages, it clarifies, it instructs, comforts, and most importantly, it offers salvation through the forgiveness of sins. Jesus speaks to his people today by the way of the Holy Spirit and in the words of Scripture as it's proclaimed and taught. But here's what we need to understand. Man, there's churches that they forget to place that priority on the Word. 
Man, they put all their priority, they put all their focus, man, they, they market great, and they're creative, and, and all those things are great, and they put all their energy into it, but not in the Word. And here's the thing, not everybody here is a teacher, but all of us are called to be learners. And by teaching in the synagogue, Jesus taught that the Word is to be taught in God's house. And so, man, what do I mean that, you know, like when I say that the Word is to be a priority in the church, this is what I'm talking about. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, listen to how Paul breaks it down to his protege, Timothy, okay? Man, Timothy was there. He was pastoring a church in Ephesus, and this is his direct charge. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Right here. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off to myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. We have to put a priority on the Word. We have to. Man, the church today, we got to give priority to preaching and teaching of God's Word. Now, here's the thing. We don't want people to fall asleep, all right? We don't want you to fall asleep, but Matt also doesn't come and march up on the stage and say, are you entertained? Are you entertained? And throw something at you and knock somebody out and say, that is why you came here. All right, I've never seen that movie, but, but here's the thing. Like, we're not here to entertain, okay? Man, that's not what we're here for, but we live in an entertainment-driven society. Man, how many of y'all have a smartphone? Man, I was reading a poll that said 65% of Americans who own a phone have a smartphone. If you ask the youth, hey, man, raise your hand. How many of y'all have a phone? Man, there's people like they'll raise their hand, and then there's people who are like, well, I don't have a smartphone. Okay, look, I don't care if your phone is dumb or smart. Raise your hand. I said, do you have a phone? All right. But, but, but 65% of Americans have in their pocket or purse a smartphone that can do more than like my family's first home computer could ever dream about doing, right? Man, we can check all types of news. We can post all types of pictures and statuses. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, uh, 10 years ago, man, you either had to own a business or be an L3-er, and you, like, those are the only ones who had Blackberries. But now everybody has, like, these conveniently sized devices, and they're always with us. Like, some of you might have already been checking yours while the sermon's been going, all right? That's okay. That's all right. If that's you, then you know what I'm talking about, all right? But, but, but that's okay, too, because, like, upstairs in the youth, we don't, like, say, okay, give us your cell phones and lock them up. Man, we say, use your cell phones. In fact, if you have a smartphone, put the Bible on your cell phone. Man, because if you got the Bible on the cell phone, I know how you go. Like, you leave the house, and you could, like, leave your Bible. You could leave your grandmother. You could forget a lot of important things. But you don't forget your cell phone, all right? And so, man, when you put your Bible on your cell phone, hopefully that's what you were checking, all right? Like Cowboys already played. It was Thursday, and it was not looking good, but it was a preseason game, all right? So you don't have to check on it. You don't have to check on it, all right? 
Man, the fact is, man, the world that we live in, we have messages coming at us from all different directions. Text message. Man, we have social media messages. We have news. I think they still have newspapers. I don't know what that is, but I think they still got them, all right? And like, we got news everywhere, and messages are coming our way. But the fact is, people still need to hear the gospel message, right? The good news message about Jesus and how much today, man, how much more today do they need to hear that than ever before, right? Man, people need to be taught what is right and wrong, and I think the Bible can certainly help out with that. But here's the thing. People need to hear about a Savior, a Savior who loves somebody so much that, man, He was willing to die for their sins and offer them the gift of forgiveness and new life through faith in Him. That's what people need to hear about. Man, Romans 10 verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing comes through the Word of Christ. Man, once people come to faith, man, they need to know why they believe and what they believe. Like, how does that happen? This whole summer, we've been out at the the class on Wednesday night. Man, we've been going through 2 Peter. And 2 Peter says, man, if you want to live for God, guess what? You have everything you need to do that, all right? Now start doing it. Make every effort to do that. In fact, man, it starts with faith, but that's only the beginning. Man, just like you know y'all still like to play with Legos, right? And you try to stack it up, make the tallest tower as you can. Well, you can't get to the tallest tower unless you stack one block at a time. That's how it works. And Peter says the same way in your your life. Man, it doesn't stop at faith. Like, that's just the foundation. Then you got to build on that. Man, you got to add to that. You got to add, like, uh, godliness. And how do you add godliness? You got to start by adding knowledge. How can you be godly if you don't know how to be godly and what to be godly about? Man, that's exactly what's being referenced right here. Man, also in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Man, the word of truth has to have priority, all right, because it's so powerful. And, and we got to understand that the word of God is powerful. Like, we learned earlier that Jesus taught with authority. You know, he had a deep inner conviction concerning the kingdom of God that was instilled in him by the Father. Man, his teachings were a radical departure from what they were used to hearing. Like, man, at that time, man, these Jewish scholars, they would get up, they would read the Word, and then they would just basically recite each other's thoughts that have already been recited. But here's the thing. Jesus came, and he was teaching with the power of the Word, and that power only comes because he is the Word. Man, I love sports, and I was, had a chance to listen to talk radio, and man, I used to like drive with people and judge them when they listen to talk radio, and I was like, dude, I would never, ever listen to talk radio. And, and like, it's happening, one, because I'm getting older, and two, because I think you could justify it when they're talking about sports, all right? And so I'm listening to like sports talk radio, and they were interviewing this retired NFL player who has a couple of Super Bowl trophies on his mantle, all right? He's got like some big rings called Super Bowl rings on his fingers, and they said, hey, man, you've been there. You succeeded. If you could tell any of these rookies coming up in this new season, what would you tell them? Guess what he told them? He didn't say save your money, all right? He didn't say behave, all right? This is what he told them. He said, act like you've been there before. Act like you've been there before. 
Don't get out there and get nervous. Don't get out there and get so hyped up and excited, but act like you've been there before. Man, I think Christ is able to preach with authority because guess what? He's been there before. He was there on the biggest stage of all, man, the creation of the world. Isaac's point, man, he referenced John 1. And listen to this, John 1 verses 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Man, when the word of God is preached in the bold confidence that it's actually the word of God and not just some man's opinion, man, guess what? Jesus shows up. Just as people were astonished at the teaching of Jesus in the synagogue, there was power when Scripture is proclaimed even today. When we proclaim Scripture, here's the thing, man. It's amazing because Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, people are amazed at his words. Man, the second thing that I want to tell you is this right here. When Jesus shows up, people are, here you go, here you go. When Jesus shows up, people are all right. Man, people are changed by his works. Remember when we were practicing earlier, we said when Jesus shows up, people show up. It just happens. Man, people want to see what's going on. But when people show up, problems show up because, like, we're sinners, right? And then because of the problems that we bring to the table, man, Christ power is able to show up. Here's the thing. Man, when Jesus shows up, people are changed by his works. Everywhere that Jesus went, Man, there were people with trouble, all right? There were sick people, blind people, dumb people, deaf people, paralyzed people. Man, people consumed with leprosy. Man, people possessed by demons, all right? Some were even dead, all right? But when Jesus addressed these needs, people were hurting, but then there is no doubt that all of a sudden their life was changed. And like people were hurting back then, and there's also no doubt that there's people hurting still today. All right, but one thing that we got to notice, all right, in verses 23 through 26, let's just look at the first two verses, 23 and 24. Please notice the trouble, all right? Man, he's in there, it's the Sabbath, he's being asked to teach, and he's teaching, and immediately there was in their synagogue, verse 23, a man with unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Man, have you come to destroy us because I know who you are, the Holy One of God? Guys, man, all of the troubles that people are facing today, whether it be mental, physical, whether it be marital, financial, man, the most serious of all these issues is that of a spiritual nature. See, doctors, man, they can help people with mental and physical problems, all right? Man, a counselor, they can help somebody with, like, marital issues and, you know, cutting back on, like, cable or what you're spending money on or getting a second job, man, that can help out with, like, financial problems. But spiritual issues can only be solved by God. Man, Jesus helped this man out, and he's still helping people out today. Man, we got to understand that when Jesus shows up, People are changed by his work. And the change that I'm talking about is miraculous. Man, in verse 25 and 26, it says this, But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. 
Man, I don't know if y'all noticed that, like the impure spirit, like it got violent. But when Jesus spoke to the demon, he had no choice but to obey and to flee. Man, the demon didn't want to go. And like it cried out and it let everybody know that it didn't want to go. But here's the thing, man, we understand that even that demon had to submit to the authority of Christ. And we don't know the man's personal response, but we understand how everybody else in the room responded. And they were just people who saw it take place. So you got to imagine that the person that it took place in, man, it changed his life forever. And that change is transformation. Man, he went from bondage and oppression of like demon possession to a place of peace and freedom. Man, we sang about that a while ago. Like, like Katie and, and, and Isaac and, and Joe on the stage, man, we sang about that a while ago. Man, we sang about how I'm no longer a slave to fear, right? But I am a child of God. Wow. See, the Gospels reveal again and again and again that when Jesus came, countless lives were changed. Praise God, because you know what? He's still changing lives today. Do you believe that, though? Like, I mean, like, are you awake out there? Because, like, when Jesus shows up, people are changed by his works. And sometimes that change will be dramatic. Man, we have a young lady that sits right up here. She gave her testimony how she was addicted to all kinds of stuff. And, like, man, uh, you know, about to lose her kids and all this kind of stuff. But you know what? Man, now she's clean. She's graduated from nursing school. And she works over at a hospital. Man, the change can be miraculous. And sometimes, man, it's just, like, more often just incremental. You know, like, he changes from the inside out. Baby steps. But it's still a miracle because, like, there's visible evidence of a transformed life when Jesus changes your life, all right? And here comes the third part. So, like, you got to wake back up because I need your help, all right? All right, good. Here we go. When Jesus shows up, people are? All right. When Jesus shows up, people are told of his wonder. Let's see what we're talking about. Verse 27 and verse 28. It says this, and they were all amazed. So that they question among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority? Many commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Guys, I want you to realize news travels fast. And in our day, man, it travels faster than ever before. We can literally share something with people all over the world in a few seconds. But have you ever noticed how fast bad news travels? Man, uh, we don't try to have, like, cell phones on lockdown at youth camp all the time, but we tell kids, like, hey, if you wake up not feeling good, come find me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm less compassionate. Come find Carolyn, and you'll be taken care of, okay? Man, it's probably because you've been outside more in that day of camp than you have, like, in the last five years of your life, all right? And, and, and you're going to be okay. You might be sick because you skipped breakfast, and we told you no skipping meals, all right? And so, like, I might give you the tough love, but Carolyn's going, hug on you and say it's going to be all good, all right? Jesus loves you, and I do too. That's why we call her Care Bear, all right? But here's the thing. Man, with that said, sometimes we can't even help the child because before we can help the child, we already got a phone call from mom. Hey, uh, my kid's throwing up. He's, like, he's sick. Like, he doesn't know what to do. He's never seen the sun before. And it's like, hold up. We're like an hour and a half away. You're in Greenville. How do you know this? Oh, they texted me. <laughs> oh, man, bad news can travel fast. But here's the thing. 
Good news can travel even faster, all right? The news about Jesus was so great that it spread so quickly. No cell phones, no tweets, but by word of mouth, all right? Man, everywhere throughout the surrounding region of Galilee, I mean, the people were amazed at what they witnessed firsthand and how they saw the power of Jesus Christ, you know, overcome an impure spirit, and they had to share about that. They had to let other people know about what they saw. Basically, the, like, basically like that news, it went viral, all right? That, that's what happened right then and there. And Jesus did an amazing work in the synagogue, but here's the thing. He's still doing amazing works today. Like, these people went out and told people about what they experienced. And my question to y'all is, have y'all been a part of something so amazing like that? Have, ha, have you seen Christ do an amazing work in your life? Because if you have, man, I hope you're sharing about it. And for some of y'all that are like twitting your thumbs right now, it's like, man, I ain't never seen somebody jacked up with a demon. I saw him come out. And the, but here's the thing. Ch- check this out. He changed your life. So if you're now a Christ follower... That's a miraculous change that everybody needs to be told about. Share that with the world that needs to hear. Man, a couple of weeks ago, there was 13 of us that went to Nicaragua, and we were asked to, like, do something for these Nicaraguan people that they needed. They needed to learn how to speak English, all right? And, and we went down there to teach them English because, like, if there are two people but one can speak English, guess who's getting the job? The person who can speak a little bit of English. So we went down there, and sometimes, man, it seemed like, goodness gracious, how can we do this? And leading up to the trip, man, people were saying, man, what are y'all going to do? And I tell them, and they say, wow, you, man, you're, like, going to teach them English. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's right. That's cool. Crazy, huh? And then like after 20 times, I realized people weren't saying like, oh yeah, so you're going to teach them English. They were actually saying, oh, wait a minute, Justin, you're going to teach them English? <laughs> and I don't know why you're laughing because I don't know why so many people were asking that. But yes, I was, all right? And, and, and yes, I did, all right? And so here's the thing, man, to see those light bulb moments, to see them actually desire to speak English, to see them practice it, take notes, and, and, and come back learning what you already taught them and, and, and taking those baby steps, man, it was amazing. But, but even better than that, even better than that, all the way leading up to the very last session, man, the gospel message was proclaimed. All right, like they had an opportunity to accept Christ not only like as their Savior to save them from their sins, but to lord over their life. And they had a chance to, to say, man, I've decided to follow Christ with my life. And we saw that happen. Man, we couldn't do that. That was only a Christ thing. Man, just about an hour ago, Sarah Shook, she stood up in the youth area in front of her peers, and she shared how, man, living in Spain for like two months, Man, she was able to pour Christ into other people's lives. She was able to see lives change, and it changed her life too, so much so that she had to tell people about it. Man, in fact, I even got like on Facebook, and a friend of mine posted this on Facebook. She was uh, doing some ministry in Peru, and this is what she said, and I can't like speak Peruvian, and, and the Peruvian prince is not here, Sebastian, to help me out, but here's what it says. It says, the Lord is so good and faithful to call his children to him. Salvation has been found in the towns of town number one and town number two in Peru. It says, praise Jesus for the new brothers and sisters in Christ we now have, and for the fact that he uses sinners like us to further his kingdom. He is worthy to be trusted, and his plan is perfect. Please, let me tell you about the great things God has done. She wants you to ask her about it because she wants to tell you about everything that he's done. Do y'all get the point? Like when Jesus shows up, people are told of his wonder, 
And there's many of those people like in the synagogue on that day, they were moved by what took place. And as a result, man, his name was made famous. Like his fame spread throughout the region. And in the same way, it can happen in Greenville, Texas. In the same way, it can happen in Ridgecrest Baptist Church. Like in the same way, when Jesus shows up, people are told of his wonder and the word will get out. The good news will spread. And, and, and everybody else will want to be a part of that. They will want to know about that. So, man, as the band makes their way back up here, man, I got to ask you this right here. Have you understood that when Jesus shows up, there's people that are amazed at his word? And when Jesus shows up, there are people that are changed by his works. And when Jesus shows up, there are people that are told of his wonder. Do you desire to see that take place here? Do you? Because, man, we, we talk about it, but have you prayed about it? Man, have, have, have you figured out how you could be a part of it? Because, man, if you want to desire to see more of this taking place here at Ridgecrest, man, it'll happen when we move out of the way and we allow Jesus do his work. Man, it'll happen when we make sure that the main thing is the main thing. It'll happen when Jesus is front and center and he is our supreme focus. So my question is, are you willing to join me in prayer? Are you willing to be a part of this movement asking Jesus to show up and asking him to do some amazing and refreshing new things here at Ridgecrest? Are you willing to do that? Man, if you're willing to do that, join me in prayer. And man, as we pray, pray for a plan. Because it's easy to say, I want to do that, but we need a plan. And then pray that God will allow you to execute that plan. Man, pray that he would do some amazing things and we wouldn't miss it, but instead we'd be a part of it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for our brothers and sisters that are here today. God, man, we spoke long and they listened well. God, we pray that we would do just that, that we would fall on our faces asking you to do something mighty and miraculous in our lives. Because when you do something in our lives, man, other people are going to see that. When other people see that, they're going to want to know what's happening. When they want to know what's happening, we get to tell them what's happening. And when we tell them what's happening, man, they are amazed at your word. Man, they are changed because of it. And then we're able to tell about your glorious wonders and celebrate with our new brothers and sisters in Christ because their lives ultimately have been changed. God, we want to be a part of that. God, if uh, somebody needs to come and have some prayer, God, we ask them to come down here. Man, the altar's open. Man, if somebody is here today and they're like, man, I've been like dating this church or I've been dating other churches, but like today I want to commit no longer to just like pop in when I feel good, but now I want to do ministry with this church. I want people to like come alongside me. I want to experience community. Man, I want somebody to hold me accountable. Man, I want to do this work of Jesus together. Let them come today. Man, let them declare that today. Man, if there's somebody that's out there that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, don't let them go another day. Let them understand that they can come today and we can rejoice with them about what you've done in their life. Man, let them take that opportunity today. In your name we pray. As y'all stand up, man, we're going to sing. This is going to be a time of reflection. Man, sing loud if you want to sing loud. Pray hard if you want to pray hard. 
but let's get to work.